You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Amen. Family, as you're seated, you can open your Bibles at the book of Psalms 119, verse 18. Psalms 119, verse 18. In the New Living Translation, it says this. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. That same scripture in the Passion Translation of the Bible says this. Open my eyes to see the miracle wonders hidden in scripture. Now family, there is a difference between sight and insight. Sight is our ability to see, but I use my eyes to see, and I can only then see as far as my eyes allow me. So I know where I live, but my eyes can't see there from here. And so sight is limited. What is insight? Insight is the capacity to have an accurate comprehension of something, someone, or an experience. An Afrikaans, insig is the capacitate om een accurate begrip te het van iets, iemand of een gebeurtenis. And so, the writer of Psalms 119 says, Lord, open my eyes to see. Open my eyes to see. I want to submit to you that 12 years ago, I walked into this church as a young man, 18 years old, and I saw myself preaching from this pulpit. Did I see it in my physical eyes? No, but today you are hearing it and you're experiencing it and you're seeing it. I had insight. And I really believe with all my heart that we will transition today from sight to insight. If you could only see in the realm of the spirit that that debt is already canceled, that that bills is already paid, that your healing has already manifested, that your breakthrough is around the corner, that that car is on its way, that that promotion is on its way, that you are already pregnant. If you could only see, then you will not be anxious, you will not be worried, you will not fear. Lay your hands on your eyes and say, Lord, open up my eyes to see. Ephesians chapter number one verse 18 says this, And I pray that the eyes of your heart, not the eyes in your head, the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being may be enlightened, flooded flooded with a light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glory inheritance in the saints. You know, family of God, I was 16 years old when I gave my life to Jesus in Fraserburg. And I was in Fraserburg and I could see how God will take me to preach the gospel of Jesus all over. But I was just in Fraserburg. If I looked at where I was at that moment, where I come from, and what I saw in the realm of the spirit through insight, the two didn't compare. But this is the beauty of insight. Your circumstances at that very moment will not correspond with what you're seeing. But eventually, eventually as you persevere in faith, 
Whatever God has shown you, I can guarantee you that it will manifest. There are many of you sitting here and God has shown you many things. He's shown you the business. He's shown you the new house. He's shown you the healing. For some of you, if you've seen accurate, He might have shown you your spouse. Only one, not two. But He has shown you. He has shown you. And if you are willing to persevere in faith, whatever God has shown you, I can guarantee you, you will live it. You will see it. You will experience it. And you'll have the evidence of that in your life. So even if the vision tarries, those who wait, those who continue to pray, those who continue to believe, they will see the manifestation of that. Just shout with me this morning. I'm moving from sight to insight. So if you have your Bibles, come with me to the book of John chapter number 20. And we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 8. John 20 from verse 1 to verse 8. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw. Everybody say saw. The stone already moved, removed from the groove across the entrance of the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, John, whom Jesus loved, esteemed, and said to him, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple left, and they were going to the tomb. And the two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and arrived at the tomb first, stooping down and looking in. He saw the linen wrappings neatly lying there, but he did not go in. Listen very carefully now. Then Simon Peter came up, following him, and he went into the tomb, and he saw. Everybody say saw. saw. The linen wrappings neatly laying there, and the burial, um, and the burial face cloth which had been on Jesus' head, not laying with the other linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple, the third one, who had reached the tomb first, went in too and saw, everybody say saw, the wrappings and the face cloth and believed without any doubt that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now Mary Magdalene, Simon Peter, and John went to the tomb of Jesus on the day of resurrection. And the Bible said, Mary Magdalene saw. It says, Simon Peter saw. It said, John saw. But when you and I go to the Greek and we look at the word saw, for each and every one of them, it's a different Greek word with a different Greek meaning. In other words, they were looking at the same thing, but seeing something different. Uh, 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 my Indian buyer is here today. He's helped me to build my business from India. And he can tell you where other people see waste. We see money. So when you go and you throw in your bin, I'm waiting on the other side of that black bag to receive. So we are looking at the same thing. You are seeing waste. I'm seeing currency. I'm seeing income. I'm seeing money. And so let's break it down. So Mary Magdalene, she came and she saw. Verse 1 of John chapter number 20. 
And the Greek word there is the word plepo. It's the Strong's double nine one. And what it simply means is, she was looking with her physical eyes. All she saw was an empty tomb. She had no insight of what had happened. She only saw an empty tomb. She had sight, but no insight. If you have your Bibles, come with me to the book of 2 Kings, chapter number 6, from verse 15 to 17. 2 Kings, chapter number 6, from verse 15 to 17. And before I read that, I'll just paraphrase. So what happened is the king of Aram, the king of the Syrians, were waging war against the Israelites. And as he was waging war, he had a strategic plan on how he's going to overcome the Israelites. So every time he would gather with his generals and he would tell them, this is where we're going to wait for them. This is how we're going to ambush them. This is how we're going to kill them. This is how we're going to conquer them. And the plan was put together. And every time when he put the plan together, the Israelites never showed up. And then one day he called all his commanders in chief into one room and he said, Who of you are telling the Israelites what I am planning in my room? And one of his commanders said, Well, there's a man among the Israelites. He is a prophet. Now, if you know a prophet is a man that can see. He said, he can hear what you plan in your room. Uh, I don't know who I'm preaching to. This is maybe just for three of you. But from today on, God will expose every diabolical plan of the enemy in the name of Jesus. The enemy, in Afrikaans can I get a little God's going to expose every plan in Jesus' name. You will always be ahead of every evil plan of the enemy in the name of Jesus because your eyes are opened. And so the king of Aram, he said, well, go fetch him. So the following morning, and this is where we pick up the scripture. The following morning, the mountains were surrounded with armed men. And this is what the scripture says in verse 15. Early in the morning, a servant of the holy man, the prophet, got up and went out. Surprised. Horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man explained, oh master, what shall we do? So what is happening is the morning, the servant of the prophet woke up. And when he stepped out, he saw this multitude of armed men. And he was afraid. He was anxious. And then the prophet comes out. And the prophet says to him in that state, don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on their side. You see, the prophet's servant had sight. But the prophet had insight. And so if, listen very carefully, if the prophet's servant had insight, he would have never been anxious, he would have never been afraid, he would have never been worried. And so they were looking at the same thing, but different responses. Uh, uh, and, so, and so Elisha prayed this prayer. He said, oh God, open the eyes and let him see. Open the eyes and let him see. The eyes of the young man were opened and he saw a wonder 
a whole mountainside full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. Were they there when he stepped out? Yes. The only difference is he didn't see them. I don't know if you know that movie of Jean-Claude Van Damme. It is called Bloodsport. And in this movie, Jean-Claude Van Damme travels overseas, ready to partake in a tournament. But the reigning champion in this tournament, Pastor Sam, is Bolo. And so as the tournament starts, Bolo sees that Jean-Claude Van Damme is cut from a different cloth. He has skill. He has technique. And he notices him immediately. And as the tournament continues, what happens is, at the end, it was Bolo and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Bolo's worst fear. So as Bolo is preparing to go to the ring to fight Jean-Claude Van Damme, the one that helps him, his servant, gives him a tablet to put in here. For in case it looks as if Jean-Claude will win, he must make the tablet uh, fine and throw it into the eyes of Jean-Claude Van Damme. And as the fight begins, that's exactly what happens. He takes out the tablet, he throws it in the eyes of Jean-Claude Van Damme, and what happened is Jean-Claude can't see anymore. But what Bolo didn't know is when Jean-Claude was preparing for the battle, his master let him prepare and exercise and fight blindfolded. Uh, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you have to hear me now. In, in other words, he couldn't see, but he could hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you and I will only truly see once we have heard, because it's from what we've heard, we will see. I don't know about you, but I feel a Jean-Claude Van... I feel a, a Jean-Claude Van Damme thing here. <laughs> he never knew. And so Jean couldn't see him. But he could hear him. Family of our ears are sensitive. And the reason I'm preaching this message is to build on what Apostle has taught on recognizing the voice of God. Because many a times the enemy wants to show you, you're not going to get the breakthrough. But you've heard you're going to get the breakthrough. He wants to show you that nothing is working in your business. But you've heard the prophetic word from this pulpit. It is increase time. And you're sitting here this morning and you might not have heard you're getting an increase. I'm telling you, you've heard it from this pulpit. And once you've heard it from this pulpit, it does not matter what the boss is saying. You're getting your increase in the name of but now the prophet does something else. After he prays, after he prays, after he prays for his servant's eyes to open, he prays for the army of the Syrians for their eyes to close. In this season, not only will God open the eyes of his children, but he will also close the eyes of the enemy in the name of Jesus. The enemy will not be able to locate you. He will not be able to find you. He will not be able to shoot a dart against you because he can't see you. Uh, lift your hands and say, Lord, open up my eyes. Uh, say, Lord, close the eyes of the enemy. Uh, I, I wonder what will happen to us if we begin to see 
if you begin to see in the realm of the spirit the things that God has already prepared for you that no eye has seen physically no ear has heard not even has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for you and I but before they manifest you will You know what? I was in Paul life. Every time when the worship is on, I see this girl with the curly hair. I'm thinking to myself, something is moving in my spirit. So every time when she comes up, I'm, I feel a move. That time that song wasn't even out. There's a move, but in me, there was a heavy move. And so, and so, yes, she sits today. As my wife, and she's carrying our child, I saw. And because I saw, no one else was an option. <laughs> Once I saw, all the other 60 were at maybe 100, maybe 120. They were eliminated. <laughs> That's just a joke. Just a joke. <laughs> but I saw. I wonder what will happen if you begin to see today. If you begin to see that CIY CrossFit will be full all over the place. If you begin to see. If you begin to see Bible schools all over the nation of South Africa and the world, you'll begin to see. If you begin to see that your family is saved in Jesus' name. Your child is serving the Lord in Jesus' name. Your spouse is... If you begin to see. So there's Mary Magdalene, she had sight, but no insight. And then Simon Peter came. And the Bible said he saw. And the Greek word there is the word theoreo. T-H-E-O-R-E-O. -E -E and it's the Strong's 2334. And what it means is he gazed on for the purpose of analyzing intellectually so Mary had sight but no insight Simon Peter looked into the tomb and he tried to figure out with his intellectual capacity what happened here many a times we do not see the manifestation of the supernatural in our lives because we are trying to intellectually analyze what God is doing. Apostle Allen himself has said multiple times, he doesn't know what happens when he lays his hand on somebody and suddenly the cancer disappears and suddenly people get healed and suddenly people get delivered. He knows it's God, but to break it down and explain it in its technicality, and sometimes all you have to do is just believe. And so we do not have to intellectually analyze everything God is doing. So he's looking at the grave and he's asking himself, how did it happen? What happened? He's trying to analyze this. Might it be that your analyzing is the reason why you're not experiencing if you and I go, and I'm paraphrasing, and Jesus is supposed to feed now, the disciples come to him and said, listen, Jesus, we have to feed the 5,000. And he asked them this in Luke 9, 13 to 14. But Jesus said to them, you feed them. 
But we have only five loaves of bread and two feasts, they answered. Or are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for the whole crowd? For there were about 5,000 men only. Jesus replied and tell them, sit down in groups of about 50 each. So they came to Jesus and said, the crowd is hungry. Only 5,000 men, not even talking about the family and the children. How are we going to feed them? They're trying to intellectually analyze that we only have some fish. We only have some loaves. How is it going to be enough? No, no, no. Maybe you're looking at your salary and say, how am I going to make it? How am I going to pay this? Maar as die siening van die Heere op jou salaris is, if the blessing of the Lord is upon your salary as a result of your obedience of honoring God with His tithe, then that salary will carry you more than a month. We don't have to intellectually analyze it. I don't know what's happening with the time, Pastor Denny. Doesn't feel like I've been here for long. Lord Jesus, give me grace. Number three. John came. And look at how beautiful it states. He looked into the tomb. And he believed. You know why? Because John woke up that morning. Not expecting a body in that tomb. Because John was there when Jesus said, On the third day I will rise. And so when John woke up that morning, he wasn't expecting there to be a body. He was expecting it to be empty. He was expecting the stone to have been rolled away because he was there when Jesus said it. This is the type of attitude you and I should have. Once Jesus has spoken, when it happens, we're not surprised. Why? Because once he has spoken it, that's when it happened. That's when it happened. So let me read you this story. It's one of my favorite stories. But because of time, I have to paraphrase. And so what happens is they say in the book, you can make reference of this, Luke 24, 13 to 34. Luke 24, 13 to 34. The Bible says that there was these two disciples of Jesus after his resurrection. And they were on their way to Emmaus. And as they were walking, talking about the events of Jesus' resurrection, the Bible says Jesus joined the conversation. But their eyes were closed not to see him. And so as they were walking, they were talking about Jesus with Jesus, not knowing that it is Jesus. And as they're walking, Jesus has a conversation with them and they asked him, are you a stranger? Don't you know of the prophet that was mightily used in power and in word by God? But this morning when the people went to the tomb, the tomb was empty. And Jesus literally asks them, how long should I be with the generation that does not have comprehension? Comprehension speaks about insight. And so eventually they get to Emmaus. Listen very carefully. So when they get to Emmaus, they still don't know who he was or who he is. And as he wants to continue his journey, they say to him, no, come with us. It's late. So they get to the house. They still don't know who he is. So they give Jesus the bread to break. Jesus breaks the bread. They still don't know who he is. Jesus gives the bread. They still don't know who he is. It's only when they received the bread, their eyes were opened. Bread in the Bible is figurative of the word. 
Apostle Allen is coming here every Sunday and he's breaking the bread. But we will not see only on that level. He's giving the bread. But we will not see it's only once what has been broken, has been given, and has been received by us, our eyes will open. And then they look to one another and said, didn't our hearts warm up when he was speaking to us family of God in order for us to see the wondrous things hidden in the word of God in the instruction of God we have to receive the bread that has been broken from this pulpit every single Sunday because that's how we see that's how we see and so if you have your Bibles come with me to the book of 2 Corinthians Chapter number 4, verse 18. 2 Corinthians, chapter number 4, verse 18. So we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are unseen. For the things which are visible are temporal, just brief and fleeting. But the things which are invisible are everlasting and imperishable. So I'm reading the scripture and I'm asking myself, okay, how do I then see what I cannot see? How do I see the invisible? And so if you look at your finger right now, just look at it and then lick it. Those of you that you don't have a mask, so you just <laughs> put it on the mask. But if you look at your finger, Pastor Lesejo, you cannot see the germs. But if I take your finger now, I put it under the microscope. For those of you that were greeting all morning, you will see the germs. Why? Because the microscope makes macro what is small. Tonight when you walk out of your house, you would see the stars. But if I ask you where's Venus, where's Mars, where's Jupiter, you will not be able to tell me. But if I put between you and the stars a telescope, a telescope will guide you to where they are. If you look at fine print on a piece of paper and you can't read it, what do you do? You take a magnifying glass and a magnifying glass takes the small print and magnifies it for you. So just like the microscope makes macro what is small, just like the telescope makes you to see the stars in the universe. And just like the magnifying glass makes big what is small. You and I, when we look through the lens of the word of God, we begin to see the things that are not there in the natural, but it's there in the realm of the spirit, but it will eventually manifest in the realm of the natural. So once we begin to live our lives through the lens of the word... You will begin to say, let the rich say, let the poor say, I am rich. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the sick say, I am. Because you're looking through the lens of the word. My last scripture, Psalms 119 verse 130. The entrance and unfolding of your words give light. The unfolding gives understanding discernment and comprehension to the simple. Whatever we need in life is in God's word. I consider what comes from this pulpit the best in the world. 
And as I was praying this morning, I firmly heard this in my spirit to encourage you to join Bible school. Join Bible school. Dedicate one year of your life to study the word. The infrastructure is already there. All you have to do is join. You're saying, Pastor Dylan, I don't have the resources. No, God's going to fund you. Don't leave here today and you know you're supposed to study. Go immediately to CFC and study. Because this is how we succeed in life. This is how we prosper in life. This is how we grow in life. This is how we triumph in life. This is how we live a victorious life. It's when we study the Word of God. It's when we look through the Word of God at our lives and say, Yes, this is the circumstances now, but it's not what the Word says. The Word says I am rich. The Word says I am healed. The Word says I have the breakthrough. The Word says my business is prospering. I don't know who I'm preaching to. I just need three pungstermans, but someone they can stand for more. The Word says and if the word says it that settles it so, so 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 it doesn't matter who says what if God has decreed a thing so shall it be I'm submitting to you ladies and gentlemen that whatever comes from this pulpit eat it believe it drink it sink it pray it whatever you do with it just get it down in your spirit because that is how you and I will thrive so next week when apostle is back you listen attentively, you receive everything, and I guarantee you, the evidence will come to your life. Did you receive something this morning? Come on, do we have people that loves the Word of God? Come on, do we have people in this house that have appreciation for the Word, that loves the Word? Come on, stand to your feet this morning and give Jesus a mighty shout of praise. Come on, you know you love the Word. The Word has changed your life. Die woord van die is die waarheid. Hallelujah. En het maakt die eenvoudige wijs.